What's up? Welcome to episode three of Joel's podcast show. Uh, for the third episode, I sit down with a good friend, professional snowboarder, Lion Farrell. Uh, talk about a handful of things, obviously how he got into snowboarding, which is was, was a pretty interesting story. Um, we talk about uh, the dynamic of sponsorships and athletes and how sometimes they can you know, promise you the world and then all of a sudden just drop you. Um, and it's not necessarily, necessarily like the company's fault, but maybe just how they, um, how they project the relationship onto the athlete that maybe should be done other way. I don't know, but, uh, it could be something that I bring up with future professional athletes and see what their take on it is. Um, oh, also, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so. Um, and I truly appreciate it if you, if whoever is listening to this, if you like the, sh- the episode, share it on social media, tag uh, the uh, account, Draws Podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Or if you want to review it on uh, Apple Podcasts, that'd be awesome. And if you want to you know, buy me a coffee, support it financially, you can do so at joelspodcast.com and then you'll see on the top right, just support the podcast. But uh, yeah, I appreciate everything and uh, thanks for the feedback so far. And uh, yeah, episode three. So welcome to episode three of Joel's podcast host. host. Uh, I'm Jamarco Muffini, your host, and with me today is a good friend of mine, professional skateboarder, snowboarder, and all around just awesome guy, Mr. Lion Farrell. How are you doing today? Good, bro. First thing, not a professional skateboarder. Oh, okay. But no, it's still, but it's I'm, I I skateboard for sure. Like I grew up skateboarding, always wanted to be a professional skateboarder, yeah. but that like. But you were a professional skateboarder. I was on my way to hopefully becoming a professional skateboarder okay but i was so young that like i mean life could have taken me in any direction but i i had like you know sponsors and stuff Mm -hmm. like that at a young age and yeah snowboarding wasn't even in my brain so i was just like yeah skateboarding that's what i want to do and then i kept skating as i got into snowboarding and that kind of started to take off so i just pursued snowboarding Dude, yeah. that is what I want to talk to you about because I remember you as a professional skater when we were Groms. Yeah. Right? I mean, you had that huge half pipe. You were like sponsored. You had a bunch of sponsors and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I remember hearing or like seeing pictures like, oh, he's like snowboarding now. I'm like, how does a kid from Maui end up snowboarding? Stuff? But so I knew, tell us a little bit about your background and stuff. Just, uh, you know, introduce yourself yeah. a little bit. All right. Well, my name is Lion Farrell. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I just grew up on Maui. I grew up in Paia, and then, yeah, I learned how to skateboard at the Paia Youth and Cultural Center, and just kind of, I don't know, I gravitated towards, like, action sports at a pretty young age, and just as I, like, grew up and just became more and more obsessed, I just, like, pursued it, like, harder and harder, and just, mm-hmm. I only lived, like, a mile away, so, from the skate park, so I would skate there every single day after school, and just, like, just put the hours in when I was super young and then you know my dad was a carpenter so he just would build like skate ramps you know quarter pipes little fun boxes and stuff like that and then eventually we ended up having like a pretty insane um like vert ramp compound like vert ramp pool that was drainable that you could skate you know so we'd drain it like three months out of the year and, and skate and we had like guys from Thrasher magazine come and skate it and just like it was it was pretty crazy. So like as I got older, I started to spend more and more time just at my house skating, and yeah, I just 
grew up on Maui. I mean, grew up really close to Tavares Bay, so I yeah. grew up surfing there and just like, yeah, I don't know. Everybody wanted to surf when I was younger, so for some reason I just got obsessed with skateboarding. I was just like the yeah. one thing that I wanted to do. So and, yeah, you may not be currently a professional skateboarder, but you were at least. I was an amateur skateboarder. Okay. I yeah. would say, yeah, like I was am. Like I, I wasn't getting paid by like big companies or anything like that but i was an amateur doing like am contests i mean i was i was really young i was like when i when i kind of moved out of like really pursuing skateboarding i was like 13 14 so it it was kind of like right where i could have i think stepped it it's a whole next level of commitment like taking that road to like pursuing professional skateboarding anything like that like it is next level the commitment that you just have to put your body through and your mind through is like on a whole nother level and i was starting like you know high school and stuff so i just like i it was a trippy kind of change of my whole life kind of changed around like 12 13 my parents they got divorced and then it was just kind of like a i ended up living down in new zealand with my grandparents for like seven eight weeks um one summer which was winter time down there and that was when i kind of got like the big bug of like oh, wow, all the skateboard shit that I've been learning, I can actually, like, just translate that to my snowboarding and my board's attached to my feet, so it's, like, easier for me to commit to most tricks. So, like, all, like, you know, 540s and, like, bigger rotations on a skateboard because I was really into vert skateboarding and, and bowl, like, transition. Mm-hmm. And so all those big rotations were, like, just made more sense on a snowboard. You know, I didn't have to worry about keeping my board on my feet. And just, I think, that seven weeks it kind of like opened my eyes to like, oh shit, like this is actually really fun and I can get better at it quicker. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the shift. And then I happened to meet a uh, a coach down there who was watch- just saw me snowboarding named Colin Bartlett. And he approached me on the hill and was like, yo, I'm going to be teaching people how to snowboard in Breckenridge, Colorado um, this coming winter. This is like 20... 20- 13 um and 2013 2014 and i'd never snowboarded in colorado or anything like that never even been to colorado and i was like yo that sounds so cool like that would be amazing and so i just heard that remembered his name and went back to maui told my mom about meeting him and we hunted him down on like we found him on facebook and we're like yo are you actually doing this stuff no like you actually be teaching people how to snowboard yeah and Cause I hadn't really had any like proper, like, like snowboard guidance. Like I would go and ride with people on the hill, but I wouldn't like be like getting like that type of like high level coaching. Yeah. And so anyways, like my mom kind of vetted him and just like, was like, all right, like, is this dude like a weirdo? For or, real. You know? right. like, Cause yeah, we didn't really know. And so, um, spring break of 2013 or 2014, I'm trying to remember. It was like, yeah the season of 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was like, I was 12 turning 13 in November. So I think I was 13 in that spring break. And anyways, um, I showed up in Colorado, in Colorado with my mom and it was like, all right, we're gonna go for two weeks. First week I'll be there just to make sure that, you know, this guy's not a weirdo. <laughs> and then if it's all chill, like second week you know i'll, I'll fly back to now yeah like and you can just have fun and i was like okay perfect so wait got, how old are you here um 13 no shit yeah you're just cruising yeah it That's was just, unreal it was just like 
it was pretty wild actually because that was you know just as like an idea like my family we were all going through some crazy shit at the time yeah. so i think and first whatever reason when i was younger i kind of was like the only kid in my family that was really obsessed really like driven and obsessed with like sports at a super young age and was like focused on, oh, this is my dream. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can't tell me any different. Like, I'm going to be a pro skateboarder. Like, that was my brain thought. I was like, I want to be that. And then when snowboarding came along, it was like, I want to be a pro snowboarder. And I would watch X Games, all that, like, every single year religiously. Like, absolutely obsessed with it. And so I knew about it. And I, I just, I think because I was so, like, obsessed and my mom being a professional athlete back in the day... Um, she just could see that drive and she was like willing to support it. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, 13, I go there and I pull up to this house and we open the door and it's all of my like friends that I grew up snowboarding, snowboarding with in New Zealand who were like the kind of big, the kids that were really good. Mm -hmm. They're all at this house. Wait, it's in, like in Breckenridge? In Breckenridge. Yeah. No way. Carlos Garcia Knight, JJ Rayward, um, this kid, uh, Tim Herbert at the time uh who else there was this kid hamish bagley like there was all these kids that like hamish had taught me how to like wax my snowboard and stuff and like he was a really good half pipe snowboarder like olympic hopeful like you know mm -hmm. and he actually passed away but he um was like the kid that after because i went to school in new zealand also when i'd go down there and mm -hmm. so like, he would teach me how to, you know, he'd add trampoline at his house. Like, we'd just be, like, doing tricks. Like, oh, it's a McTwist or whatever, you know, jumping on the trampoline. And so I was like, holy shit, mom, like, get out of here. Like, this is the spot. Like, I, you know, I don't need to go anywhere else. Like, this yeah. is, like, like I'm good. Definitely not. Nobody here is weird. Like, there's no way. Like, this yeah. is, you know, I, I couldn't have, like, been in a better situation. Yeah. Just, like, all these kids. And it was trippy because that was the first time really I had been so far away from home. And then all these kids that were... Also from a faraway place, like, it felt familiar. I was like, whoa, like, they're all in Colorado? No way. And then I went and rode Breck, and at the time, Breck had, like, the best jumps, like, I would say in the world. Like, I didn't really have much to compare it to besides mm -hmm. New Zealand. But, like, perfect transition, like, takeoffs and landings that matched perfectly and, like, everything from the smallest jump to the biggest jump. And it was just a perfect place for me to learn. Mm -hmm. And so that two weeks, I went from... I knew how to do like, I could only really spin one direction, which was backside. So like for me, I'm regular to the right. Mm -hmm. And so I could do like a back seven, no grab, just like twirly bird, like just, just cause, you know, I, I didn't even think about touching my board cause it was, you know, I, skateboarding, you always have to grab your board if you're doing any sort of air, like, mm -hmm. you know, anything like that. So I, I was, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing and that two weeks I ended up learning how to do, they taught, uh, Colin taught me how to do um four different directions of 540s which is like in snowboarding you, there's really only four directions of spins there's backside switch backside front side and cab which is which is switch front side okay. and so those are like the base level like if you can get all those tricks down like all those directions down solid like you can have like a really solid base for any trick moving forward and what i learned as i was there it was this company is called uh, Simple Snowboarding, and they're only focused on like technique and like the basics. Like, if you and they believe like if you had super solid fundamentals, you could move into like the most crazy tricks in snowboarding, and 
it's going to just, you're going to be able to relate it all to like these like basic tricks that if you figure these out, everything else will come a lot easier. And so in two weeks to like go from barely knowing how to, you know, I could do a 360 and like, I'd never really hit big jumps and a 720 to like spinning all four ways. The column was pretty like blown away. And he had a conversation with my mom and was like, Hey, like, you know, line could really, you know, he has potential. Like he could really do this, you know, if he, mm-hmm. if he wanted to. And at the time it was like, okay, anything to like get line out of the house and go and like explore, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like that would be super sick. Cause I was finishing up seventh grade and it was just like my, my mom had a conversation with me and was just like, Hey, like, you know, this guy thinks that you can do this and I believe you can do it. So, you know, if I give you the opportunity, like don't yeah. fucking blow it, like, you yeah. know, just like take it as it is. Like this is an amazing opportunity. And basically what the guy offered was because that two week kind of stint had gone really well. Um, they were going to have, a, they were partnering with like a Canadian, the company was Canadian run by a New Zealander. And so they were going to have a bunch of up and coming kids, like young pro snowboarders from Canada, Mikey Cicerelli, Tyler Nicholson, um, to name a couple, all come down to New Zealand and we'd all live in a house for four months and just train together every single day and ride. Yeah. And just like snowboard. And so dream, (laughs) dude, literally like it was the fucking dream. Like I, so coming out of like seventh grade, I went to like Seabury hall and just like, it was like their college prep school, like really like strict on like yeah. no I no life outside of school. Dude, my dad wanted to send me to Seabury and I like cried. Yeah. To, to get out of it. So yeah, I ended up going to online school and yeah. then I I didn't even end up finishing online school. But Bro, anyways. I just graduated high school. No shit. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking major, dude. Dude, that's sick. It was it was a crazy like long process mm-hmm. and something I was really insecure about for a yeah. while. I'm like, you know, because I, I was traveling the world and like able to navigate life at mm-hmm. a pretty functional, like functioning level on my own. Because once I went down to New Zealand, it was like four months in New Zealand. I was able to progress and get even better. And because I was around these kids that were so good and it also from like all different parts of the world, mm-hmm. it was just like a like eye opening kind of experience and I was pretty young compared they were all like anywhere from like 15 to 18 I think there was a 21 year old that also lived with us and like it was so funny like so many kids packed in this house like the um, landlord would come over and we'd have to like break down our bunk beds and like <laughs> stuff them in the van no, and just, just yeah, like hide yeah like like oh we've only we only have like a few people living here yeah, like yeah. it was that kind of vibe it was just grom stuff fully grom <laughs> stuff it was crazy and so I Tyler Nicholson and I like beefed all the time like we were just we were just butt heads and just, yeah. I would call my mom just crying. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, it's the worst. Like, these kids are so mean. And then I just, I don't know, just like slowly, I think, learned about just like, you know, being the Grom and just like, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of, I, I grew up skating with like 40 year old, like transitioned road skaters who would be talking shit like all the time. And so like, I, I don't know. I just like was used to the banter and like talking shit. And then I think when I was actually like on my own and dealing with it, it was, it was like on a whole nother level. It was hard to process, but eventually I I started to figure it out and like get it kind of dialed. And now it's funny because Tyler is like one of my best friends. And just like, (laughs) as we grew, like this kid also Mikey Cicerelli, 
there it's wild now because all these kids are incredible like established professional snowboarders that mm -hmm. like i just happened to be in the same house as them and i knew of them but i didn't like know how good they were at the time and like i'd seen a couple of videos so i kind of like fanboyed out a little bit and then um as i got to know them i just like they became like such good friends and such like you know amazing kind of like inspiring kids for me to get pushed and get better at snowboarding yeah that like I don't know. I just like was drawn to that, like you know, the banter, like any sort of bullying or anything, like just the grommy beats that I would get. Like yeah, it's like that was just all part of it. You know? Yeah, and it kind of like builds like a cohesive like bond too between like the group and stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent. So when did snowboarding actually become like a thing where you're like okay, like this is something that I can do for real and like start getting paid at, or was it always something that like you knew this is what I'm gonna do no matter what? I never really thought about it as like a profession because mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Like I was going, my family was going through like a lot of turmoil at the time that I had like left mm -hmm. and, you know, like back home, you know, on Maui, everybody was like moving out of like our childhood house that we grew up in. And I was like away from that. And I had snowboarding and just like sports in general to like take me to like a different world and like. I was so distracted and so like just I would put all my energy into thinking about snowboarding getting better and just you know oh Mikey's doing this like I, I want to do that like I want to get I want to learn how to do that type of 720 or whatever it was it was just like I was so absorbed in it and just like focused on getting better that I didn't even think much about like if it was going to be a career or not at the time because mm -hmm. I was so young I was like 14 13 or four, I was 14 I think or no I was 13 yeah 13 turning 14 like a grom and a grom dude and literally going into like from living on Maui and going and visiting New Zealand to then all of a sudden you know four months in New Zealand four months in Breckenridge like it was eight months out of the year that I was gone snowboarding and I was just in it just like obsessed and just so focused on getting better mm -hmm. that I didn't really think too much about it until I started to meet like a lot of the American kids snowboarders who are like all sponsored and you know had been doing it for a long time I was like damn like I want I want to be sponsored mm -hmm. like, I want to be like I want to get on Red Bull I want to get on like, these big companies I want to like I don't know I, I I guess I just I was so young that I wasn't really like connecting yeah. the dots at that time I just wanted to get better at snowboarding and competitions like I wanted to win and like just yeah that was a way to like test how you know my progress yeah what was your first uh snowboard competition um i would do the uh before i really started like pushing snowboarding i would do like the junior nationals in new zealand mm -hmm. and that was just something that like my mom and dad like we would be down there and we would do it and so like that was kind of like the the first taste i had it a competition and I really liked it and in skateboarding too like I was already doing that I was doing like um like they had these things called like the Woodward Am Jam and like mm -hmm. I was doing like these contests skating and traveling going to California and like I mean we were I was literally like a grom like there there was this contest called King of the Groms that I would go to um in Canton Georgia like just that's where I met like Zion Wright and like Jamie Foy and like a bunch mm -hmm. of like you know young kids that all end up being crazy pro skateboarders like I 
I happened to be in those places and just because I loved competition and like yeah. that that was just cool for me at the time. And I was so young. It wasn't like anything more than just like a fun time and like winning like, you know, some gear or something like yeah. that. But yeah, and then I kind of like moved into I didn't really think it was going to be the 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 moment that like the, a competition really changed like my perspective on everything was when I went to the Junior Worlds um in Valmalenco in Italy um at, and with the New Zealand team this was after like 2 years of riding with uh riding with the whole um simple snowboarding crew mm-hmm. um I went and competed at the Junior Worlds for New Zealand and I got second in the junior worlds for in half pipe. And then I got, and I wasn't even really pursuing Like, I didn't think that I wasn't thinking about half pipe. I was thinking about like slope style. I wanted to do like the jumps and the rails. And so I got second in half pipe and then I got fourth in slope style against kids. This is 2014 or no, 2015, bro. I literally like those. It's so like such a blur, mm-hmm. but um, I think it was actually 2014. It was right after the Sochi Olympics. And, like, kids that were in the Olympics were at this contest. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, this kid, Tim Kevin Ravniak, who's, like, I'm pretty sure he's from Slovakia or some, I don't know, some mm-hmm. Eastern European country. Like, he uh, he had just competed at the Olympics in half pipe, and he won the contest, and I got second. Oh, and, shit. And it was, like, yo, like. Oh, this is, for, this is it. Yeah, like, this yo, is for real. Yeah, like, <laughs> this motherfucker just, like, was at the Olympics. Yeah. And I just. I don't even ride half pipe that much. And like, I just did this well, like what the hell? And I beat like all these, a couple of American kids too. And that was like the eye opener where I was like, Oh wow. Like, you know, I'm actually getting like pretty good at this. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I can, I could maybe do this, you know? And I saw it as like something I wanted to do, but it was, that was like a big switch in my brain of like, yeah. Oh wow. Like, you know, I, if this guy like had gone to the Olympics, and I just got second to him. Like, I could probably go to the Olympics. Like, you know, I can yeah. do that. And then that's when, and I was at the time like obsessed with getting on um, Red Bull. And I actually had had approached Red Bull when I was skating at a super young age and like showed them videos of me. And they're like, "Yeah, we'll put you on our watch list or whatever," <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then I ended up switching into like by the time I was you know fourteen, fifteen. Um, switching to like you know i was snowboarding I, I was i was getting good at snowboarding and so they were aware um but yeah it that kind of like i did that and then i got invited to a performance camp um with red bull at uh in aspen mm-hmm. and i learned like a new double cork and like you know a bunch of different things that i hadn't done before and gelled well with everybody there and then i met a uh, u.s snowboard team coach and he was like yo like if you want to you know ride for the u.s team like you know yeah. we'd love to have you ride for the u.s team and i was That's like sick. yo that'd be that'd be super sick and that kind of at the time was i was like oh what like u.s team that would be insane like yeah. i'd seen their facility like it was crazy like they had every single gadget and thing that you could possibly imagine like just really established they Mm -hmm. had everything so i just was like whoa like yeah that'd be that'd be cool i'll think about that and then as talks kind of went on with red bull it was like oh well you know if you know if you're on the u.s team like 
we definitely see like you know future potential with you, you know yeah. with you and red bull if That's you know sick. and it was kind of like interesting i i had to make a big decision and i like love my my mom for this like you know she's it's challenging because it's sometimes really hard for me too but she's really let me make my own decisions at a young age and really like put a lot of faith and support into like you know what like sit on this think about it like really you know process where you see yourself going and you know i'll, I'll help you i'll mm-hmm. help guide decisions but i'm not going to make it for you like you know you have to have the phone calls you have to like so i i would have the phone calls with the u.s guys and um you know people at red bull and just like like really weigh it out because at the time i was on like some like a development team with the new zealand team and they hadn't mm-hmm. really had like a, a full team yet and so and the u.s was this established thing so i was like okay like you know if i want to what do i really want like I was like, oh, I want to be the best in the world. Like, I want to be the best. Like, okay, well, what does that mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it, do you want to go to the Olympics or, you know, and, and is that the best in the world to you or do you want to, like, be the best in just overall? And it's interesting because at the time, I had done a couple contests for New Zealand and within a season I was already like the highest ranked New Zealander Mm -hmm. but I was like you know 50th in the world or whatever like I was super like I was maybe further I I might not even in like the top 100 or whatever but like amongst New Zealand like I was still like a a high ranking because there's just not that many people coming out of there Mm -hmm. and so I thought to myself I was like well I don't want to be like you know 30th in the world and you know qualify for the olympics and just go like i want to be like top 10 or top 5 and go yeah for like and the us is way harder like there's way more kids all fighting for four spots and so it's like i had to make i made the decision you know what i'm going to ride for the us team and it's ultimately going to make me a better snowboarder and of course, everything like ch- you, as you grow up, it, it all changes and evolves. But that at 15 was like the decision I was making. I was like, if I go to the Olympics for the U.S., I'll mo- most likely be the best in the like one of the best in the world going, not mm-hmm. just like the best in my country going. Yeah. And so, and also it was like I could get on Red Bull too, and it was like that was a dream. So I did you end like, up getting on? Yeah. So that was kind of like the the crazy thing was I ended up getting on the U.S. team. And then that following winter, I ended up getting on Red Bull. Or, yeah, it was it was a really fast kind of, like, transition into, like, oh, yeah, like, I think I got on Red Bull um, 15 turning 16. And that was, like, a huge moment for me. I was like, holy shit, like, you know, dream come true. Because if you've ever been to Maui or, you know, are aware of, like, the, you know, ocean sports scene in Maui, like, there's so many guys when you grow up that are like are Red Bull athletes that are windsurfers or like, you know, big wave surfers or pro surf. It's just, you see it a lot. Yeah. And so you grow up just like idolizing that and dude, you for know, sure. the energy drink companies are huge. You know, yeah. it's like, it's a big deal. Yeah. And action sports for sure. Like, like Red Bull, Rockstar, Monster, those are all like the companies that can change your life pretty yeah. much. And that's like what I remember like sending videos to Red Bull and stuff. They're like, Oh, like, 
we like that like you speak multiple languages and you got the Italian thing like we'll keep you on our watch list mm-hmm. like it never led to anything but it's all it's something that like everybody like seems like to try to like get on it yeah definitely and at a young age like I mean the energy drinks like they definitely cater to like a younger audience yeah. of kids and it's kind of perfect because like, your parents are like don't drink that shit like it's so bad <laughs> and yeah. you're like I want like it's so cool you know yeah, it's like yeah. that kind of you know there's a there's an exclusivity to it that yeah like just like the hats the hats too, just yeah the like, red bull hats yeah and rockstar like hats. the whole thing is like it's yeah i'm on rockstar now which it's <laughs> like it's it's hard for me because I, I like i talk about red bull but it's like it was a huge part of you know yeah. my life coming up and like now of course like i'm so happy with being on rockstar like that's an amazing it's an amazing amazing opportunity and everyone there is so dope mm-hmm. but like i I also get on, I'm like, do I, am I allowed to speak about that? Because I was like, yeah, but it's at the same time, this is a, this is a fundamental. Yeah. It was, it really shaped like who I am and like how it, the whole experience I had with them. It was kind of like a, with Red Bull, it was like a eye opening experience as a whole for my like career and and where I was going. And, and yeah, it it really like opened my eyes, but now it's like, I'm really happy. I'll I'll talk about that. But like, yeah, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I, yeah, 15, 16, um, end up on Red Bull. My mom, we all were living in California. We lived in, moved to California when I was, um, I think that year we, we moved to California and lived with one of her best friends, had like five kids and she was also going through divorce Mm -hmm. and my mom, had it it was a challenging like situation so she uh she ended up moving out to uh she's like yo we're gonna move to california and and like help like monkey like my godmother like through this process and like mm-hmm. we all ended up all living together it was like nine kids in one house and then you Holy know shit that must have been awesome dude it was fucking <laughs> epic it chaotic. was like it was chaotic but it was so much fun like yeah. it was it was so amazing it was such a cool experience and my mom had lived on maui for 30 plus years like you know, the Dude, idea. and your mom was a, a world champion yes, twice at, yeah. in windsurfing. She was a two-time world champion windsurfer, X Games gold medalist. Like No shit. Oh, yeah. like she, When I was like, Mom, like after watching X Games, I was like, Mom, I want to be an X Games yeah. gold medalist. She's like, oh, come here. Let me show you something. <laughs> and she, like, let me show you my gold medal. Yeah, check it out. Like, yeah. And that was it wasn't even a medal yet. It was a, literally a trophy. It was oh, like she went shit. to the first ever X Games in 1995. It was called the World Extreme Games. No way. Yeah, like... Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, in Rhode Island. And it's wild because, yeah. like, yeah, she, she'd been there, done that. Like, she did it. It was yeah. so crazy that, you know, to then see that at a young age, I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. I need, I, I want that. Like, that would be so cool. Yeah. And so it was eye-opening. And, yeah, she is, like, the, one of the most humble, like, ex-professional athletes, like, that. Yeah, your mom's awesome. She just wouldn't, she's a superhuman, like, just incredible athlete, just her, her mental game is ridiculous like she just when it comes to like do like putting in the work and grinding and just like it's mm-hmm. it's so impressive and she's somebody you know she doesn't she stopped windsurfing after she had kids and then you know 10 years later goes back and like gets second at the aloha classic like with like the best women in the world no of way the t- yeah like crazy shit yeah Hokipa, like <laughs> crazy shit like that that you're just like what, what the fuck like yeah. and you You'd be like, you know, she wouldn't even tell you. She'd be like, oh, yeah, I went windsurfing today, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I go, what were you doing? Oh, it was Aloha Classic, whatever. I'm like, oh, you have fun? Like, <laughs> yeah, I got second. I'm like, what? 
it, it was like mind blowing stuff that, yeah, she's really, really inspiring. And, and also my dad, you know, him being, he, he was a big wave surfer. A big wave surfer. So, yeah. yeah. So he came from New Zealand, um, when he was like, I think 20 or something and like worked at the fish market and, you know, he was, he had just finished his apprenticeship in um, carpentry and stuff. So he, uh, he had redid like all their cabinets and like they actually for a super long time until they remodeled, like it was still like the cabinets that he, he had made. That's and like, sick. yeah, like, so he grew up in, like, not, he grew up in New Zealand and then, um, and was into windsurfing, sailing and all that stuff. And then just back in the day in like the eighties, windsurfing in Maui was like this, like everybody, it was like the Mecca of windsurfing. Yeah. My everybody, dad came here, moved here before windsurfing. Yeah. So many people of like our generation's yeah. like parents moved yeah. here for Straight windsurfing. Up, Albie's parents. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't know if Tyler's parents, but anyways, a handful of parents of like our friend's parents moved here for windsurfing. Yeah. That was like the, the thing to do, which is so wild because all of them are moving. And none of us windsurfed. <laughs> no, literally none of us windsurfed. Like, it's so much gear, dude. I like uh, dude, straight up. Yeah. I see them pull up to the beach and start setting up. Like, all I have to do is pull out a surfboard. They gotta like pull out their boards. They're like booms. They're like uh, every. I don't yeah. even, dude. Every single thing is yeah. just it's it's a process. But they love it. I mean, yeah. it looks sick to watch. Like, I I'm I'm impressed when I watch people windsurf. It's yeah, really for sure. it's pretty raw and gnarly. But yeah, yeah I. I just, my mom tried to get get us into windsurfing when we were little, and it was just like, dude, uh, it was so challenging. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, like, trying, I think it's funny, because a lot of those of our parents, I feel like, they just got into it at a at a little bit older age, like, mm-hmm. probably, like, late teens. They yeah. were like, it was, it came from that, you know, it wasn't like their parents, like, you need to windsurf. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it was, my mom just learned about it in Florida, and then just, like, started to teach people how to windsurf, and then moved to Maui barely like at 18 barely knowing how to windsurf like knew how but would never been in big waves or anything like that and just mm-hmm. like through trial and error and just spending so much time out at the point and like out at Hokipa just like figured it out and just you know would sit out there she she said she's like no she, way oh yeah she was crazy ball her eyes out just like <laughs> out there just getting wrecked put on the rocks all the time just like but just learned and figured it yeah. out and then gravitated towards riding with a lot of the guys who were pushing themselves a lot and she started to like i'm pretty sure she was one of the first women to ever do like um a cheese roll like a front like some sort of interesting it's like mm-hmm. a front flip kind of when they were all doing front loops and like all sorts of interesting stuff yeah. like, interesting tricks and new tricks it was pretty crazy like the 80s and 90s were such an innovative time for like it, ocean sports yeah it, for sure like, i mean even just like towing in jaws and stuff and layered guys mm-hmm. started doing it like that was like what probably 90s late 90s yeah. and stuff um yeah it's definitely crazy dude and i can't imagine like like doing uh flips and stuff with all that gear that's gnarly if you want to support the podcast or if you like the episode please share on any of your social media platforms you can tag the podcast at joelle's podcast or you can do so by going on joelspodcast.com and clicking the support the podcast button on the top right thank you like oh, imagine right. like eating shit and just like landing in in your uh fuck what's it called the on your boom on the boom yeah but what's the mast the actual sail yeah the, the sail, sail. Oh, yeah, dude. yeah the sail and everything yeah that yeah stuff like is gnarly. literally you could land in soft you know well, actually, really nice water you but you land a, face first you on... used to be a skater so you'd eat shit on concrete yeah but it's different <laughs> i i don't know like that's you, you can kick your board away and bail a lot easier. I had, like, a lot of cuts on my knees and, and elbows. I, 
I guess I had broke my wrist a couple times. I got pretty smoked skateboarding, actually. Like, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I got I tore my ACL just a couple months ago because yeah. of skateboarding. So. Dude, so how'd you do that? Um, it was just, I mean, I, I love skateboarding to absolute bits. And, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm always going to go back to the skate park. It's just such a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, every time that I have off of snowboarding... I skate a little bit while I'm snowboarding too, but usually I'm just riding. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, when I'm home, it's like, you know, we have new parks now, which we didn't have when I was younger. So it's just like every yeah, day. Yeah, in Pukalani. Yeah, right? we have like a brand new park in Pukalani that just was finished like almost a year. I think it's like a year ago now, maybe two, almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I showed. Good, I, good I, cross I, training. I, yeah, good, great cross training. Like I think that there's a lot of muscles in your feet that skateboarding kind of works and just the overall balance and just standing the more time you stand sideways i think just it translates and it makes yeah. you better and and just you have better board control better board feel like there's things that you do in skateboarding that directly translate to snowboarding and there's things in snowboarding that i feel like surf skate and snow all translate to each other and really like but in, I, in a universal way but they're all very unique and yeah. different at the same time yeah i think and I, I mean, I've skated a little bit, and uh, the first time I went snowboarding, like, I was able to get up and go, like, from uh, heel to toe and stuff. Yeah. But I feel, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like snowboard and skating is closer to each other than surfing is to those other two sports. Definitely, definitely. But I feel like you can be a good surfer and skate and be a good surfer and snowboard. Yeah. But you can't necessarily be a good skateboarder and snowboarder and then, like, be a good surfer. Definitely. Well, I think that there's just so many different variables, you yeah. know, skateboarding. It, I, I look at it from like, a, um, and I feel like I didn't like, I'm not trying to like dodge the question of like how I'm I done. hurt my knee or anything, <laughs> but like, um, no, I, um, I feel like, uh, it's like, it has to do with variables, you know, skateboarding, you have a fixed, it's the ground is the same, you know, you have concrete. Mm-hmm. That's just, it doesn't change. You can try that Ollie or that trick a thousand times in a row the same way and adjust little in, in, in little increments to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Snowboarding, it changes a little bit. You still have that solid ground, but you know, as the snow changes and has, you know, maybe the, if you hit it and hit the jump enough times, like the lip will change and like, you just have to navigate that part. But surfing, you know, it's moving. Like yeah. you're the, the main thing that you need to like, spend time on to get better is constantly changing and is never the same twice, you know, so ever. And so it's like, of course there's parts of it that are just so sports specific. You just need to spend the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what makes guys really good at surfing is, is more than anything. It's like time on board, like time standing up and actually like that's, that's, I would say a huge part of it, but then also I guess um, navigating the ocean and and understanding where to to sit read it like, yeah read like the, I, current, the wave I, so. I remember when i was younger you used to uh i would i would always be told like like oh jamarco just paddles out to middles even if it's massive and just like watches and just like like you'll go and like sit and maybe you don't catch every like every wave but you yeah. you want to be a big you know you want to surf jaws and stuff so yeah. you go and just like be in it and absorb it and see it yeah and i feel like there's just so many different ways in surfing to like get better and i feel like there's visualizing that comes into it Skateboarding, I feel like it's just trial and error over and over and over again, and you can just keep going. In surfing, I feel like you have to really change the way you like think about mm-hmm. the sport. Like 
as you understand the ocean and understand how a wave works and like that just takes yeah. so much time yeah it takes time and i think you just you get used to it the more time you spend and you, like you said there's just a lot of variables but the middle's part like tyler chaz and i tyler on chaz Kanishita and i we used to go whenever it was big uh, instead of like going and surfing like Tavares and stuff we would just paddle out to middles and uh we would just go out when it's like macking closing out like no one's surfing there's like maybe some windsurfers out and stuff and we just sit there out there with like at that time we were like 12 or 13 mm -hmm. and we'd go out there with our guns which were like six six yeah you know and just sit out and uh we would do this thing we'd call it like waimeaing because yeah. you know how everyone waimea burns each other so yeah. we'd just go out it'd be like 10 foot and we would just burn each other eat shit like go out and get used to uh like wiping out and surfing big waves and that like kind of transitioned into like how we started uh looking at jaws and stuff and that's how we kind of got comfortable surfing to big waves mm -hmm. however the flip side of that was was we i think all of our like competitive surfing mm -hmm. started deteriorating because it because whenever it was big we wouldn't go and like train mm -hmm. for competitive surfing we would just go out and have fun in big waves yeah but uh yeah it was fun i don't regret it um i, I had a good time doing it but, That's uh, so sick. So you were 15 living in Breckenridge at yeah. this time with your when you moved in with your um, family? No, with, uh, yeah, well, Colin, it was like a, he was like a snowboard coach. and No, no, I mean when you moved in with like, um, when there was like the nine kids and stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was in California. Okay. So that was just like a change of scenery. My little brother, my little sister were going to school, mm -hmm. um, in in Malibu, we were living in Malibu. It was so sick on this place called Point Doom, and so there's this sick like a uh, wave called Little Doom, sick right hander, and um, they were going to school um, at Malibu High School, and then um, some. Uh, I think there's there's an elementary Point Doom Elementary or something like that, mm -hmm. and so that was kind of like a change of pace, and and I've known these like this. It's the smaller family, like I've known them my entire life like mm -hmm. they're just you know the five kids are like literally some of the coolest just down to earth really rad kids that i always whenever we would visit california i was like oh, i want to like move it like we would <laughs> you know it's just yeah. we'd go to um riley smoller and i would go he was into skateboarding we'd go and like um we, we went to woodward and like we would skate yeah. and just like yeah it was it was really cool just knowing like there's a family out there that like was into the same things and like just yeah it was it was awesome so when i was 16 we all lived together and um that was like when i was on red bull and it was super fresh like they 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 they'd pulled up to the red bull headquarters like when i got on red bull it was a really cool like experience That's like sick. yeah they, they knew about it and they you know it was it was no really cool way. And it was just they were all a part of like that whole process and yeah. at the same time i also had like a couple big head injuries um, that like I was going through, like I spent my 16th birthday just like in a dark room, just like, wait, what happened? I just, just fresh gone on Red Bull and was just frothing super hard. And I was at Red Gerard's house, um, in Colorado and riding, he had a backyard set up, um, with rails and all sorts of stuff. And so I was just snowboarding and figuring it out and, um, trying new tricks. And I just caught my heels on this rail and just like whacked my head super hard and had like crazy, oh, like amnesia for like five hours like had no idea where i was or anything and then i woke up the next day um and i had been to the hospital i'd done the whole thing and thought shit. the whole thing was a dream dude like i was so like out of it yeah. so out of it and so 
I came home, I, I went back to California and at the time because of snowboarding, like shifting, becoming like an actual thing. Once I got on Red Bull, it was kind of like, oh, it's so much easier to just fly to California and it's central instead of going all the way back to Maui every time mm-hmm. I want to go home. So there was that aspect of it too. Like they all lived together and then I was able to just fly two hours to Colorado instead of seven hours. And yeah. so it was just, it made it a lot easier. So I flew to, um, back to California and just like posted up for like six weeks and just sat there, you know, it was, it was a trip. And at the same time, um, Zion Wright, who's now like, you know, an incredible professional skateboarder, big time, skateboarder. big time pro skateboarder. Uh, he wanted to come out and live out in California and like pursue skateboarding. And so he came and lived with us too That's for, sick. yeah, for like three, four months. And just like, that was a whole different dynamic like dude it was so fun because we we knew each other from when we were super little Mm -hmm. from this con the king of the groms contest in in georgia and he uh yeah just he came out and he was like the and like kid that there was some hype around him and it was just like so funny because we both went in like our own separate directions like i pursued snowboarding and you know he pursued skateboarding and then we just like met back up at at a young age again but still like making progress and he was like i want to be on red bull and you know it's actually really funny the first time i ever went to a red bull performance camp before i was even on red bull i was like i probably said red bull like a fucking hundred times <laughs> rockstar's gonna be pissed yeah seriously dude <laughs> i fucking love rockstar <laughs> Swear no, to God. It's all right. i'm sure they'll understand yeah so i was like telling them like straight up like yo this kid showing them videos this mm-hmm. kid zion right is going to be an insane no like, way i'm like you need to like before i ever anything like it was just they, i was meeting the people like athlete managers and stuff and i was like yo watch this video this kid deal. from florida like yeah this kid is incredible like he's he's gonna kill it and they're like oh yeah cool awesome like mm-hmm. that's bad didn't really like pay it much mind but I, I just kept talking about it and then he came out to um california and lived with us and it was so funny because he came in live he was living with like yeah, it was like nine kids, two two mo- single moms just like running the house. Like, and then they had this kid from Florida that just like showed up and was like, oh, I want to like take the bus to Venice and skate every day. Like, or like, yeah. you know, it was just, he was just on his own program, but it was so, it was, dude, it was a full, like. Dude, and, that sounds awesome. Dude, it was so cool. It was like one of the most fun, honestly, like transformative experiences at like a young age to like kind of go through. Because. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about he learned a lot about himself through all that and then I also learned a lot about myself just through like wanting to pursue our sports at like a high level and just yeah. like realizing that it wasn't like it's like it's 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 within our reach like we can actually do this you know yeah. and I think when I got on Red Bull it was like a sign to him that like oh I want to do that too like I want to get on Red Bull and then he was like killing it in his own way I'm like I want to you know, do it. I, I, I just, it was just a cool, like, paths intersecting, just, you know, interesting time in our lives. Cause then he went back to Florida, came back, and then that's like when his skateboarding, like, took off for him. Like, he just mm-hmm. went to a whole nother level. And all of us, like, the Smolers, like, my, my family, we're just, like, so proud. I'm just like, yeah, like, we played a tiny little role yeah. in, in helping. Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, team. you were like showing the Red Bull guys his videos yeah, and stuff. Dude, like, guaranteed that helped. Like it was so mind 
it's blown mind mind blowing now because I'm super good friends with his dad, Mustafa, right? Mm-hmm. Absolute like the fucking man, like coolest <laughs> dude. And um we talk a lot about just like yeah, just the mental aspect of like pursuing your dreams and like really like moving in that direction and believe like really believing that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like once you get to a certain point, it's really just like you're you're the only thing limiting, you know, you're you're the highest success that you could possibly imagine. Like, yeah, it's you're, you've already proven to yourself that your body's capable of doing all sorts of incredible tricks and and rotations and spins and, and like handling wipeouts and all that stuff. It's just like eventually like you just have to break you just right now it's just talking about like breaking down barriers of just like all right how do i get to that next level how Mm -hmm. do i just continue to pursue and grow and learn like and that's like it's cool now to see it because we talk about all of that stuff and it's it's just cool because we we've kind of just grown to like of course we're in completely different worlds like skateboarding and snowboarding are similar in the sense that we stand sideways but like they're different worlds, you know, mm-hmm. completely. You know, it's 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 a different it's a different world. Are the sure. cultures different? Like, you know, the like surf culture, skate culture, snowboard culture, like how do they differ? Yeah, like, it's how def- are they the same? It's definitely different for sure. And there's it's similar in the sense that we all like appreciate similar things, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely uh it's different for yeah. sure. I think that surfing is Honestly, it's hard to even like. I I can't even speak on it because I don't know enough about like the in, internal workings of surfing mm-hmm. or like how how it works. But yeah, snowboarding is a really funny. Like as I've grown and gotten more involved in just like the comp, and I honestly I only see snow. I see snowboarding from like from my own experience, like yeah. a scope of like competitions. Like I I want to go into you know filming video parts and 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 navigating that aspect of snowboarding but that's a whole other world like it's it's really interesting there's there's clicks and and you know people move in certain ways and you mm-hmm. know it's hard to get in i think that that would probably be like i don't know if it's like that in surfing but it it probably is it's pretty yeah. exclusive there's parts of it that you're all homies because you do the same thing but everybody's we're operating and moving in their own way with their own group yeah, you know. for sure. That definitely ha- uh, happens in surfing as well. Like, and in Hawaii, I feel like it's uh, you know there's like the big wave click, and then there's the competitive one, and then there's the one with like the islands and stuff, yeah. and then there's you know uh, who who's like who you're sponsored by and mm-hmm. stuff. But um, and then uh, anyways, did you? So you eventually got into the Olympics? No, that's no. that. So that was like kind of the wild process. Is that you know. I made that decision at 15 to, you know, oh, you know, I want to be the best in the world. If I'm, if I want to do that, I got to ride with the best kids in the mm-hmm. world. And that was at the time, the U.S., like that was the option. Like that was, it made the most sense. And so I ended up pursuing the next four years to try and go in 2018. And I ended up not making it. And that was like really pretty challenging to process Mm -hmm. and kind of move through and understand like, okay, like what did I like reflecting back? Like what decisions did I make that were like, you know, beneficial to me? What, which ones were not beneficial? Like how, how did I navigate this past four years? 
you know, to end up in this situation because I thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, it, at the, when you're in it, when you're like pursuing a sport at a certain level and you just, and you're so caught up in it, you don't realize like the progress, like the progress you've made or that you, you've even made any progress at all. Usually you just judge yourself based off of your last contest result. And if you didn't win, if you didn't do well, it's like, oh. Yeah, like, I fucking blew it. Like, you know, I obviously, you know, I have a lot of work to do. Like, and you just continue on this grind. And so I didn't make it. And I kind of like discredited all of like the effort and time that I'd put in. And the other accomplishments. All their accomplishments. Yeah, just like getting to that point. Yeah. And it's just, it's super interesting because that, that kind of, I was still on Red Bull at the time and it was a, it was a big shift. Like I was 19. Um, I ended up not being on Red Bull after I didn't go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like, they didn't resign. I mean, there wasn't really much of like an explanation, but it didn't have anything to do with the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it, cause at the time I was still pretty young. Um, and it wasn't like a, a really like crazy high expectation of like, Oh, if you go, like you're good. If you don't go, you're out. Like, yeah. you know we're cutting you or anything like that it didn't seem like that at all and then I ended up not even getting a phone call from Red Bull or anything just like my agent told me straight up like yo like they're not re-signing you dude like, baffled they do that shit all the time and so and I don't know if necessarily like you know they I mean in our view I feel like they owe the athletes something but you know maybe in the corporate view they don't but like I saw, uh, companies do that shit all the time. They'll bring a grom up, and then all of a sudden they'll just let him go like that. Yeah, and I don't think that. I mean, maybe they realize, but I don't think that a lot of these big companies realize like the the impact they have on young kids and on and, their life and on their life because basically, like at that point on, I I really like questioned everything. Like mm-hmm. I questioned my ability i questioned like my my worth like you know if i'm you know there were so many different things that came up for me because when you're making those decisions at a young age those are emotional decisions like a lot of the the it's i'm not a you know 15 year old with a you know i'm not some business genius like connecting all the dots that like it a lot of the times it's just numbers it's just a numbers game to these big companies and they bring you in and they're like yo like this is um, you know, you're a part of the fam. Like you're, yeah, you're about, they get you, know, you, they get you and you're like, oh, I'm going to be with you guys forever. Like, this <laughs> is the sickest thing. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's really, it's a wild experience. Cause yeah. you go through this whole thing and you really do believe like, oh, I'm locked in. Like they love me. Like, you know, I love like being like representing them. They love me. Like I'm, there's you feel this like I felt like an intimate connection to this brand. It's a fucking brand. Like it's yeah. a sticker on a board. And when I got cut, I didn't I like first bawled my eyes out. I could not believe it. I was mm-hmm. like so devastated, so bummed. I'd put so much power and energy into this thing, like this logo, this hat, you know, this like idea. Yeah. That at the end of the day to have like pretty much no explanation and to not even get a phone call from like the people that I was working with, Mm -hmm. I was just like, 
baffled baffled oh my like so baffled yeah brain like i was just my whole brain everything about i was just straight into like just like reflecting trying to understand and just like where the fuck did i go wrong Mm -hmm. and that was like the biggest thing that i was like what did i do like i really i fucked up obviously because i didn't you know i instead of it just being like you know it might not yet it might no no literally like like, it it was it's just like it could be somebody moving over switching positions just has to cut a bunch of people yeah and then you know cuts a bunch of people yeah and and it's just like sorry dude that's how it goes and and i had just been through this a similar thing with volcom like where they cut 30 percent of their team i don't know if you remember that but dude i remember yeah heavy even in surfing they like cut so much people yeah and and it was kind of the same thing of like sorry dude like it's just the way it is it's hard but you know yeah you're cut and it you're like okay i'll I'll navigate that i'll figure it out but and then i started to realize like holy shit like it's just like i felt like i was seeing through a facade of of this idea of what it was of like you know we're all just like this tight fam like everybody's so close all this stuff to then like at the end of the day if like the numbers don't make sense for somebody higher up like you're cut it's sorry it's just the way it goes and that was like a Dude, it was such like an eye-opening experience. Dude, Gentil, Ian Gentil and I, we were traveling uh, to Japan for a QS. Mm -hmm. And we were on the plane just talking. And like, I I don't even know how we got into this conversation. But we were talking about, and we came to the realization that like surfers, I mean, we were just talking about surfers, but, you know, action sports athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're pretty much, you know, we're just models at the end of the day, pretty much. Like that, like do shit. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we're just like, uh, like just like paid models that instead of just walking down uh, a fucking catwalk you know we're surfing or skating or mm-hmm. snowboarding or doing s- something like that and like to these executives and stuff like they don't fuck they don't give a shit like the team managers and stuff they'll like sell you on like yeah you're part of this family uh we love you we'll do whatever it is but like if the executives looks at the balance sheet or, and is like fuck we need to like cut you know 30 percent 20 percent like pfft, We'll just do that without like an explanation. Yeah, yeah. It's it's eye open. It's 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 crazy because yeah, you do feel like you're you're different because you're like an athlete. Like and you and you do you put so much time in and so much effort to like deal with the pressures of competition and 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 becoming that like better athlete. That I don't know if like a model goes through. They, I'm sure they go through some sort of like, yeah. No, not it, to yeah. De- not no, no, to no, talk no. shit about models. Or, but... No, no, <laughs> no. I am sure that they they go. They, they it's a fucking. That's an intense job in its own I way. I still think yeah, and it's are probably a little bit more intense. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I think sometimes the the understanding from someone who hasn't done a sport at that level, I don't think they understand like the mental and emotional yeah. um, effect that you know just like pursuing that that dream of of becoming better, like what that the toll that it has on an athlete or just a human like yeah you know and basically after that whole experience with red bull i i just looked back on like okay well like why do i why do i do this do i do this for any other reason other than i love i love to snowboard i love the feeling it gives me it's an escape and and a, a place for me to like express myself and i like i got like really like real about like okay well i don't do this for anybody else you know, mm-hmm. I do this because I love it. And you know what? Like if I have a, a sponsor, a sticker on my board, 
great. Does that mean that I'm, you know, if I don't have the sticker, does that mean I'm not going to snowboard anymore? No, it's like, it's gotten to a point where I'm too far in it. Like I, I just love the process so yeah. much and just the idea of becoming better and just, cause I'm literally, I'm only pers- I, I'm literally only exploring such a small aspect of snowboarding right now. Like I haven't even stepped into like backcountry or, um, you know, street, you know, urban snowboarding, street riding, like there's so many places that I've yet to explore that like, that's so exciting for me. And I've, I don't know. It's just like, there's so many parts of it that are just so um, interesting and cool that no sponsor is really like going to change that kind of drive and and like love that I have for it. So it's, it's kind of, it was eye opening at 19. I was like, okay, okay. Like, I am not Red Bull. I am not the companies I snowboard. I am Lion. I am me. And I have the stickers on my board. Yeah. Like, though it's it's different. Like, they're working with me. I, and I'm not like, I like, I, it's, it was just like a, it was a change in the way that I, yeah, you, viewed viewed your it. identity isn't tied to yeah because I was literally running around like I'm the Red Bull guy. like I was so <laughs> like embodied what I thought it was to be a Red Bull athlete you know yeah. that person and just like yeah it's so interesting because now I'm you know after that whole experience I ended up going and doing a season grinding it out and just like for me like just no stickers on my helmet just like loving it and I ended up going from like 15th in the world to I finished the season like top five in the world. And I'd won like my first like, you know, big contest. And like, I was just like, fuck, like this is awesome. And, I, and I'm and i doing it just because I wanted, like, I want to do this, mm-hmm. you know, I want to pursue it. And then I got the attention of Rockstar. And then that was like such a big shift, like thanks to my agent too at the time. Like that was huge. Like that, that like really, I was like, wow, you know what? Like. And they, they approach it. It was an amazing opportunity and they approach it in such a different way. Like they're very open to like, Hey, like you do you mm-hmm. and, and we're just here to support. And that's awesome. And like, for me, I, that was what I needed to just like, go, okay. Yeah. Like there's me and then there's the companies I ride for. And those are two different things mm-hmm. completely. It's not just, I'm not just like a brand. I'm not just like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just lying. I yeah. don't know. Like, you know, it's like, it's a, it, it was super, it's a, this whole snowboard, this whole experience that I'm like life experience, I'm going, it's like so eye opening, and, and I just, I'm like really thankful for it because I, I've been grinding out all, all, like the competitions and all this for so long and, you know, so many like fails, like so many times I've failed and so many times I've fucked up and like, you know, not landed the trick I wanted in a competition or like, you know, made a stupid decision. Um, and just like learning how to navigate that at a young age and to continue to like, and to separate that these things don't define who I am and like my potential or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. and the belief I have in myself, like those, those outcomes that I don't, I shouldn't attach myself to like those things, those things don't, ultimately define who I am as human as a human being and I think as you grow as an athlete like you you learn to like 
like separate the two and like try to understand because you don't I really don't want to finish this pursuit in you know and, and be like who the fuck am I like I have no clue who I am so I feel like I've kind of after that experience went down a little bit more of like self-discovery try to figure out like all right what drives me like why do I love this you know and Gabby Reese actually um super amazing human being I I was going through a uh yeah the cameras are dying oh sorry no no conversation no it's minor but um the the audio is still recording okay I I knew they were gonna die okay okay yeah yeah so I was like trying to process like like why 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 like why do I love this like why do I want to do this why like I was trying to figure out my why yeah and she was like why can't love just be like the only reason why the love for the sport and like the love. that why why does it have to go any further like you love it is that not strong enough like you know and I, I had to try and find this like little thing like I was trying to find this little thing that was like no this is my why like this is my purpose or mm-hmm. like whatever it is and she was like you just love it like why what it, there doesn't need what to be more a, do you need? yeah what more do you need like you love what you do like you love the the physical and mental action of of the sport that you do yeah. why why you know you don't need to search so much further like you found it already you love it you love what you and i i think that that like switched to my brain i was like oh yeah like i can just trust it i can just trust that i do this because i love it there's no other reason otherwise i wouldn't continue to pursue it at the level i pursue it at yeah. and and that kind of that eye opening kind of i don't know it was a it was a quick talk but it was just like it was cool because i was really trying to process that lightning talk yeah it was enlightening for sure she's very enlightened (laughs) it's very cool but yeah so it was just yeah that that experience was it was really cool because then it put me in a place like okay i i just there's no pressure like the the you put at the end of the day you're the one putting all the pressure on yourself like i'm the i'm the one that i I'm like my own worst enemy, you know? Yeah. And also like my, you know, greatest companion and like motivator. So. And I think that uh, aspect sometimes is what put makes people great. Mm-hmm. You know, like why it, it's probably played a role in why you became, you know, so good mm-hmm. at what you do is because you are your greatest enemy and, you know, you're yeah, satisfied biggest, with yourself. My biggest, I'm like, I, I critique the fuck out of myself all the time. But I, I I think I surprise myself on how positive my thoughts are a lot of the time. You know, that that's something that I don't realize. Like, you know, I'll be swimming or something. I had a funny one, like, the other day. I'm, like, swimming. And, like, I'm, like, damn, bro. Like, you're really good at swimming. <laughs> like, you know, like, like yeah. just, like. You got to have Yeah, thoughts. no, like, you you have to. I mean, and I think if I've been doing it for this fucking long, like. I must, uh, I must still have those thoughts of just, bro, you're good at that. Like, yeah, damn, bro. Like this, that felt good. Like you got this. You're good. You're good at it. Like you yeah. can, you know, it's like that just, you have to hype yourself up. Like, and at the end of the day, no one else is, is like a better hype man than you. And like, yeah, like you can literally do anything if you just really focus on like the positive aspects, but there's no negative in failure. Like there's no negative in, in, in fucking up. It's just a lesson. And I, I think I learned like the duality and things of just 
there's no good, there's no bad. It's just progress and process. Like you're just constantly learning how to evolve and become just a better version of, of you. And I, I go, I, you know, I reflect a lot on like, Oh, you know, did I make the wrong decision? You know, riding for America instead of New Zealand, like that would have been an easier route. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you make decisions just to learn a lesson. And like those, that was the lesson. It was like, I needed to go through like all this just to realize like, Oh wait, like I'm, I'm perfect. Just the like exactly where I am. And I'm still just, I'm still, if I just focus on like the things that are positive and that like, I don't know, pursuit to just become a better version of whatever, like, and, and yeah, I don't know. No, it makes sense. And I think you brought up a good point on like kind of looking back at, you know, questioning whether you wanted to should have gone in the u.s team or new zealand team i think it's good to look back at like the decisions you make and and stuff in kind of a a learning manner where you you dissect and uh, understand like what the decisions you made and where they led but you don't get hung up on them and because at the end of the day you can't change what you already did yeah you know and you just kind of think about it you learn from it and you're like okay I'm either not going to make that same mistake or I'm going to learn from it, but I'm going to use that to progress and use that for my future Mm -hmm. and to outline it in the best way I can to become a better version of what I am today. Definitely. Definitely. That's, yeah, it's, it's a, just like, you can spend so much time reflecting to the point where like, you're reflecting on reflecting. Like you're not even reflecting anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're just thinking about you thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, like at the end of the day, like once you find those little answers, it's yeah. like, okay, put them into action and just do. And just like drop the other shit because the longer you spend thinking about it, like you're just stagnating and not yeah. moving in, a, in, in any direction. You're just stuck with your thoughts. Yeah. And dude, it's wild. You can, you can get stuck in your thoughts even while doing a fucking triple cork. Like I'm thinking, you know, I, I had seasons where I would just be thinking about like, blah, 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 like just create my brain going nuts, but I'm still doing my snowboarding or whatever. And like learning how to quiet the, like your mind mm-hmm. and just get rid of the mental chatter to actually just, okay, I, I processed it. I don't need to process any process that anymore let's just do and, and, and move and like, dude. Yeah. I I think once you figure out how to like process all of those things, like all of those lessons and actually just take action and move forward, like that's when you're going to see like the biggest progress and, and actually grow as a person. Otherwise you're just, you know, thinking. So you, you've competed in the X games. Yeah. Yeah. And how's that? It was cool. Because that's pretty, like, your mom competed in the first one. That must have been pretty sick to compete in that team Definitely. as well. Definitely. The, it, was, it was a super cool experience. The first time I went to, my whole family came out, which was super rad. Like, my mom came out, and she, uh, it was it was really cool. You know, like, I think for her to see her son snowboarding in it, and then for me to have my family there, it was just, like, a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. And also really eye-opening you know you spend all this time thinking about getting to a certain place and then once you get there 
it's never as like hyped up as what you know like you imagine it to be Mm -hmm. and so i don't know i just learned so much about oh wow like wait what like the idea i had of x games is way different than what x games really is Mm. and that was like a crazy eye-opening experience for sure it was it was super it was cool it was cool i'm the whole the whole experience was was really rad but those moments make you make me realize like okay it's not about like the destination it's just about the journey like i'm just i'm just trying to like trying to be like corny and shit but like like like, literally (laughs) that was a little corny but it's okay yeah (laughs) but dude like like what the fuck is the point if like you're only looking for like the next result like if you're not enjoying the actual process of getting there Mm -hmm. and going to those big contests that you dream of going to as a young kid and then realizing that maybe they're not as hyped up as to what you like imagine them to be it just makes you realize oh wait i just need to like it doesn't matter how i did at x games it's like the the process of getting to x games like that whole experience was so cool and it now that I've like gotten to that point, now it's just like, okay, like I, I want to enjoy the journey to get there because the idea I had of it was, is so much bigger than it was, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, this is fact. Every single contest is the exact same, just different logos and different banners, different sponsors. Mm-hmm. It's this, it, you are literally riding a snowboard on jumps and rails and you don't want to fall like <laughs> that that is it's it's the same shit like red gerard actually who's an olympic gold medalist in 2018 like that was his approach in 2018 he's like bro like i really like don't understand the hype of this like it is a fist world cup with different logos yeah like i don't i don't get the hype and i think that's what like helped him helped him so much yeah and, you know, of course he goes, he ends up winning it. But like that, that perspective, I was like, oh yeah, wait, it's all the same. Like yeah. it's literally all the same. And it's just how you approach it and how the different logos and the different things change the way you approach it. You're like, oh wow, I'm at the do tour. Oh wow. I'm at the U S open. Oh wow. I'm at X games. It's like, yeah. Like, oh shit. Like the name somehow changes the hype. Of yeah. It, it changes your approach, changes the way you like think of yourself when yeah. you're in it. Like when it really at the end of the day it's it's putting down a good run on your snowboard and none of no logos or anything changes that like the outcome might change you know you might get more you know um publicity publicity or or whatever but the actual physical act of what you're doing doesn't change and yeah i think that that was like a big eye opener and from i don't know i i just went to the x games and it was amazing with you know to see like my mom be there and like knowing that she'd already been i think it was di- a different experience for her i'm sure that was probably like yeah she let me go at you know 13 to just pursue my dream and and she talks about that like i gave up raising you you know 8 months out of the year you were gone yeah, from 13 crazy. onwards and like i think for her to then have it come around and like see me riding at like a prestigious event like the x games that probably was a, a cool experience for sure. I was too, like, caught up in, in like, the actual <laughs> yeah. competition side of it. Dude, for sure. Competition, sometimes you just get too too in your head. Oh, yeah. Just, like, you don't end up enjoying it at times. 
Um, yeah. So what's the future hold for you? What's uh, your plans? Do, do you have any plans? or? Well, I guess circle back onto my ACL injury. <laughs> I tore my ACL at the Pukalani Skate Park just slipping off a rail. I was there for like 20, 20 minutes and just, yeah, Fuck. did a front smith and um, on this like bump to down bar and I slipped off the rail and landed on the corner of my foot and my knee just buckled underneath me and I had a feeling that it was pretty bad mm-hmm. and then um, got it checked out and found out that I had torn my meniscus and ACL and uh, that I had to go get surgery. So I went and got surgery um, from and shout out to Dr. Hackett and uh, at the Stedman Clinic in Vail. He literally like dialed me and like took his day off. I hope he's better than what his name. I know. Yeah. <laughs> literally to two guys, Dr. Hackett and Dr. On it. <laughs> no yeah dude seriously yeah. that's sick so funny so funny but they're incredible and i've known dr hackett for like five six years now mm-hmm. just from the, being on the u.s snowboard team and just he uh goes to a lot of like contests and like cheers us on and he's he's amazing so i always knew if i was to get surgery um i'd want to get it done by him and mm-hmm. so yeah he took like a day off work to like like he, I was his, literally, I was his only knee that he did that day. Like he was really like, he's like, yo, it's just me and your knee in there. Like, it's just like, <laughs> that's it. And he gave, he just made me feel really confident. Yeah. So, um, started that journey July 1st and, um, I'm almost at three months and there's talks of, you know, trying to go to the Olympics still in 2022 in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously like I want to pursue that and the U S team is, is, believes that I can do it and you know so that's something that I definitely like am interested in but as I've grown I've just like I'm not as attached to the idea I, mm-hmm. I would love to if I feel solid enough go and pursue that and and hopefully prove to myself that I can do it um, but if it doesn't happen I know that I'm going to be all good I'm still going to love snowboarding and love like everything all the same so I honestly I want to like move and this is this is good that this is like gonna keep me accountable for sure. <laughs> Let's hear it. But like I wanna definitely like move more into like creating more media around my snowboarding mm-hmm. and um build out who I am as a snowboarder and just as a person in general, because like snowboarding's one thing, but I, I definitely don't just see myself as just a snowboarder. I yeah. I'm pursuing, yeah, you're definitely more than I that. pursue all sorts of different things and um I wanna pursue um i've said pursue probably like 150 times but like <laughs> you're golden yeah <laughs> um i i i, I want to step into like toe and surfing i think that that could be something really cool yeah. that like kyle lenny and i have talked about a shit ton because he's obsessed with snow like snowboard tricks in big waves and dude i've been seeing that shit yeah That's awesome so he we communicate about snowboarding and and big wave surfing and there's just just like I just want to growing up on Maui, having Piahi be there and my dad spending like 16 years out there. And now it's kind of like a coming of age thing. I think like my dad always was pretty like, no, I don't want you surfing out there. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like all that to now he's like, actually, you know, like you could, why not? Like yeah. give it a go. And I feel like I'm, oh, I it. think you can definitely do it. Dude, I, I think that honestly, like, I want to, the dream, okay, the dream, this is, Let's hear it. I'm saying it right now. I want to make snowboard, big wave movies 
or just like crazy shit where I do like snowboard tricks in big waves that I like on the towboard on a towboard strapped in that I've never done before Dude. and do like you know big mountain and you know just crazy tricks in snow and, and, and on snow and try blend them together and I think that because I'm looking at like long term I want to have my this lifestyle like I want it to last into you know my my late 30s and yeah. I think that moving into like surfing it's like and being from Maui I just feel like it's like it's like the thing that's like it's like the missing link for me that really like well there's a reason why I pursued snowboarding to this point and I really feel like this will just like anchor me back down to Maui and really like I can take the knowledge just like how I took the knowledge from my skateboarding Mm -hmm. and put it into my snowboarding like I can take the knowledge from my snowboarding and put it into my surfing and I know that the time now and now it's like the sooner I start the process it's like this isn't like a year you know it's like I'm hoping in the next 10 years I can understand and and grow into like really understanding the sports specific aspect of like big wave surfing and reading the ocean and and I want to know it from all angles and I think that just as I'm getting older, I know I'm 22, but like as, as I'm getting older, I just like, I don't want to look back on my career or, or just like my experience as a snowboarder and, and just wish that I'd, you know, done something. I, I really just want to like see what happens and actually go for it. And, yeah. you know, I know it's not going to be like immediate, but I know it's going to be a, yeah, a, I think it'll be. It'll be it'll be a slow process, and and just I want to learn and just grow and 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 I just want to learn and grow and and just I think that big wave surfing would just be like that next kind of like stepping stone front yeah stepping stone of just like who knows what the possibilities are you yeah. know I think but, Kai is definitely a, a good person to have in your corner in that and I think you will probably get where you want to go sooner than. 10 years because i think uh i mean my advice to you is just to go and surf big waves and get used to getting pounded and being comfortable in the water and uh and that's like kind of the biggest thing is just being comfortable getting you know a 10 foot wave on the head a 15 20 25 foot wave like um like when we first started going out to jaws and towing and stuff uh, i was 14 tyler was 15 chaz was 13 yeah and um that was everyone was still towing and uh i remember matt taking this out and he's like okay like i will bring you guys out i'll show you the ropes i'll show you everything but on one condition and his one condition was that if you get pounded you have to like have the mentality that you're gonna swim out of the impact zone on your own because if you you have to go in there with the mentality that you will get yourself out because you cannot rely on anyone else mm-hmm. when you're in there. And you can't rely on the jet ski to come get you either because, you know, if you wipe out and, like, you are you come up, you're out of breath, and you're like, okay, I'm fine because the jet ski is going to pick me up. Mm-hmm. But, like, so many times the jet ski misses you. Yeah. And if you had the mentality that was going to get you, it was going to come and get you and it doesn't pick you up, all of a sudden, you're going to start panicking. Mm-hmm. And then once you start panicking in the water, you're fucked. Especially yeah. if there's 30-foot bombs like about to break on you. So I think uh, I think it's a good choice of what you're doing. I think 
you I, I'm sure that you'll be successful at it. You know, you have the background. Uh, you live on the best place to do it. I mean, Jaws is literally in pretty much in our backyard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just keep surfing. Keep uh, going out when it's big. You know, get pounded, go out to Outer Sprex. Go to wherever, paddle, tow, do whatever, and just get used to and be comfortable out in the water. Yeah, definitely. So. I think that's, dude, thank you. Yeah, that's definitely, like, what I, that's, yeah, like, you yeah, got I it. love that. No, I love that. That's That's, like, what I definitely, like want because that's the other part if i want to pursue it at the level i want to pursue it at like i'm gonna get fucking pounded yeah and like it's honestly it, not that it, it's it sucks but it's not that bad i mean it's bad dude, but it's not that I bad bet it's pre- it sucks when it's like when there's like a 40 foot fucking wave about to break on you and especially if you're paddling and you know it's you and the boys and you're looking at each other there's literally nothing you can do yeah i guess you kind of just accept there's it. nothing you can do like the jet ski's not going to come get you you're not going to paddle yourself out there you're not going to fucking fly away mm-hmm. you have to just accept it and you take it you know you take a breath you go underwater albie will usually make a stupid fucking joke that'll make you laugh and almost die because you don't take a good breath and stuff and you know you just go underwater and, and you just get pounded you just climb your leash, come back up, and you're good to go for the next wave to come get you. <laughs> uh, no. But it's it's yeah. I've it's, got I've gotten pretty pounded at like outer specs and stuff, but I know that like that has like Jaws is completely different. Like we've my dad and I have towed like some like pretty big days. Just like uh, dude, I'm I'm all I want to immerse myself in it and i and dude i know that that i have no idea really what like actually being in that situation of like getting like that big of a wave on your head i feel like jaws is just so heavy well i'll tell you this is that when that happens because it will yeah you will know if you won't want to yeah real quick 100 percent uh, but yeah, I just, that's, yeah, I don't know until you go. And so I, I definitely want to just give it a go. Well, I think, uh, yeah, thank I you. think this is a good place to end it. Line, do you have, do you want to say anything else or where can, uh, listeners for the few that might listen, uh, follow you at, um, you can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's follow your handle? Instagram. Uh, uh, at Lion Farrell. Um, yeah, perfect. I mean, I definitely, I would just say with the social media thing, I have, I have theories on everything, bro. Like, <laughs> I could talk Who about it. Dude, seriously. But, like, it's not real life. I I, I might seem like an absolute crazy person on, on social media, but well, if they I, listen I would say I'm relatively this, sane. Yeah, if they've listened this far, I'm pretty sure they, they know that you're not crazy. Besides yeah. the fact that you want to, you know, go surf Jaws and jump huge airs when you're snowboarding so. yeah <laughs> that's Bro, crazy in itself I, I love this I'm, I'm i'm so stoked i really hope that like this takes off and just dude thank you fuck yeah bro all right thank you everyone later